Welcome to Podcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Podcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Podcast. My name's Nicola Gresty, and I'm one of the new area managers with Practice Plan Group. Today, I'm joined by one of my practices and also a good friend of mine. Lisa Bainham. Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? I will. Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, so uh, my name's Lisa. I've been a practice manager at the Old Surgery for approximately 23 years. Um, we are a large team that we've built up to about 40 people over two sites. Um, we do predominantly private work, about 80% private to 20% NHS. And um, we're also a referral centre. So um, yeah, love love the practices, love the team, not love the last year particularly. Um, and uh, I've also been supporting other practice managers within my role as president of um, ADAM, the Association of Dental Administrators and Managers. And over the last um, yeah, I've also started my own consultancy called Practice Management Matters, and um, I'm basically in the corner of all practice managers, helping them to grow. There's a lot of new practice managers in in the trade, um, and any support that they need, they can come to me, and then I can offer support, a shoulder, whatever they need, really. So yeah, that's me. Gosh, so everyone can have a piece of Lisa then? A little bit. <laughs> uh, <moment. laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so why why dental those 23 years ago why dental Lisa well after the last year I think with hindsight I'm not sure why <laughs> but <laughs> I just remember having a real interest in dentistry um when I used to visit uh, my dentist um and it was just I was always a bit of a geek as a child so I would always watch documentaries anything scientific um, and I suppose when I was coming to leave school, um, even though I'd got really good results, I kind of didn't have that drive or that appetite at that moment to push it as far as I probably should have. So I um, had the opportunity to become a, an apprentice dental nurse and I thought, wow, 50 quid a week. Amazing. <laughs> Obviously not. Um, but that set me on the path in dentistry. Did that qualified as dental nurse did some training at North Staffs Hospital and decided that actually teeth and mouths made me feel quite sick so I started to um, go over to the, the admin uh, non-clinical side um, of management I know you Brilliant. you had a story Nick didn't you about how you started I think that that's pretty good I think you should share <laughs> really <laughs> Well, it is a little bit different to the way you got into dental, Lisa, isn't it? Um, I wanted to be a dentist. Um, always did. And it all stemmed back to my work experience when I was at senior school back in year nine. And that's I got sent to a dental practice. And at, at that point, I'd never, ever, ever dreamt about going into dentistry. But I loved it that much. So that's why that's when I decided to follow that career path of wanting to be a dentist. Um, I got the mock A-level results that I needed and it was three weeks before sitting my actual A-levels when I decided that because I'd got a boyfriend and he was far more important than education 
um, much to my dad's horror that I dropped out and I got a job, um, like you say, as a trainee dental nurse. Um, I, I can trump you though, Lisa, because I was on 90 quid a week when I first started as a dental nurse. Uh, well, I am in crew. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and um, yeah, I've never, never looked back, really. I've, I've never looked back and I wouldn't change the decision that I made. And I, I'm a true believer in fate. And I think the the reason I dropped out and decided not to be a dentist at the time wasn't a great reason, but I'm I'm a true believer that this was meant to be my path. And I've I've had a fantastic career within dentistry over the years and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's it, it, I, I do agree with the fate thing, and quite often I think it's it's a bit harder now. Um there was always kind of a natural progression for those with the appetite you know I certainly did and when I decided that I didn't like clinical um I ended up leaving dental for a period of a couple, well, a couple of years where I actually started working with um in a GP practice and on the business side again though um I did a little bit of reception there and quickly learned how patients shouldn't be treated and sadly in some cases you know the customer service isn't there um but I also was very interested in the tendering and the financial side um so the business manager at the doctors um <clears throat> this was at the time when the government drafted in bank managers to run GP practices as businesses rather than you know like little doctors on the you know in each village kind of thing they are businesses so it was a good time to get into that and then um the doctors that I worked for opened a medical centre and rented out their old building in which point this is 1998 now so Steve Lomas a dentist uh, looking to set up a squat practice and looked at our old doctor's building and my business manager at the time said he wants a practice manager I told him you'll do it I was like whoa hang on a minute gone and it was a case of if I don't like it I can come back can't I um and they said yeah 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 you'll be fine though um and so yeah that was february 98 and um i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> you're still there yeah yeah you must have right. you must have encountered some challenges along the way in in starting off like that in straight into a practice management role all them years ago so what what challenges have you faced over the years that you've had to, and how have you overcome them well, when, when we first opened, as, as many people did back then when they were setting up practices, they were given like grants. If there was an area or a town that was desperately in need of some NHS contract, you could get a grant to help set up practice, which is what Steve had done. So the commitment for us was five years NHS, um, which is fine. It helps you build up your list. It helps you build, you know, um, the team and everything. So me and Steve were kind of you know very wet behind the ears so it was a great opportunity to do things slowly and you know we've made plenty of mistakes but you know we've always crept and gone carefully with things to get things exactly right we always had the plan you know NHS was fine for us but it wasn't what we wanted to provide it wasn't what we wanted to do the direction we wanted to go in so um we knew that after five years we wouldn't want to introduce um private dentistry and a plan um which is when we approached actually um the wonderful Josie Hutchins from practice plan wow yeah Josie's on my team amazing so Josie held her hand helped us through it I remember it was a quite a difficult time 
to do it I think I'd just undergone some IVF treatment and then I was actually when we went private I think I was about eight months pregnant and Josie (laughs) she used to come and like really look after me and helped us through it because I knew I needed to be there and I wanted to be there Um, and for me obstacles like that aren't actually obstacles when you've got people supporting you and you've got a good team you know it's like we can do it it's that camaraderie maybe it's a bit foolish sometimes but I think you know you can if you have that we can get through this attitude you know I think with any obstacle you can kind of as long as you're all on the same side you can kind of get past things and we've had ups and downs we've had wins and fails and it's knowing when to kind of go do you know what that's not working back to the drawing board you know and not being afraid to admit you're wrong because yeah you know have learned on the job um and I, I am very lucky to have you know wonderful principals here who just leave me to get on with it basically um so yeah there's obstacles lots of obstacles along the way tendering processes um you know losing an nhs contract and then getting it back and just lots of plates spinning as practice managers really so um yeah it's uh if there's one thing that sort of stands out for me I think HR is probably one of the most tricky things because it's getting it yeah. right and making it right for the rest of the team um, and not, you know, it only takes one or two people that can affect the whole morale of the team. And for me, I feel really responsible because quite often they don't affect me, but they do affect the others that are working with them more closely. So how did you, did you find that when you were a practice manager? I, I did. And, and for me, very much so. I, I sort of learned from my own experiences when I was nursing as to how if I was to go into the business side, which I chose to do like yourself, that I would want to do things differently. And I'd want to ensure that I treat my staff as a team, you know, together, everyone achieves more, like we always say. And it was about being part of a team. And, and I've carried that mantra through throughout my career, really, with with dentistry that whatever team I've been in I want to be part of the team and be a team player I don't want to be this standalone because management can be a a sort of lonely environment because you do have to have that line that you can't really cross you know with your colleagues you know because you have to have that certain level that you are the manager and you do have to make decisions that might not always be favorable um but then you want to make sure that they see that you're with them and you're facing the same challenges as them. And I think, you know, that's what I learned when I was nursing, what I didn't want to do if I ended up going into management um, and certainly what how I wanted to manage. And I've sort of taken that throughout my career, even though I've not always been in practice, you know, with working with different teams in different co- dental companies and things. And, um, and it is in, important, but I mean, yeah, um, overall, I would say, you know, it's about just keeping the morale of the team and, and looking after people and doing the right thing by people. That's that's what I, I think is the most important thing. Yeah, no, I know. I completely agree. I was um, when I mentioned to you before I was interviewing for um, a new um, reception um, team member today and I kept it quite casual because I kind of wanted to get to know her a little bit. Because for me, yes, she got great experience. I don't doubt that she can do all the things that she said she could do. But I kind of, you know, you want to know that it's the right thing for them and that we'll suit them and they suit us. And it's getting that click. And, you know, I said, ultimately, what I want from someone is to know 
where I what I want and what my goals for the business are and where they fit into that you know because yeah. I'm all for you know democracy is wonderful and everybody here in this practice has their own voice and I make sure that if they've got a small voice that they get heard still um because they're as important as everybody else but you know sometimes you do have to have that line like you say that there's there's different categories for me of leading and managing and it's what I call like the levels of authority you know there's some things that I will say um this needs to happen and there's no question I don't want them to you know this is happening you know yeah compliance there's no oh well what about if we did this no that needs to happen like this simple as that and then there's um you know um I, I could do with you looking at this could you want to go and have a look and then come back to me and see what you think and then there's you're going to have a look at that come up with some solutions and choose the best one and it's just making sure that you train your people and your team to be they make they will make the same decisions and make the same calls as I would and you you don't get that unless you put the time in with yeah. them and get stuck in basically as a practice manager you know you don't it's not forever you just need to make sure them foundations are there that and they respect you as a leader I think um yeah and I, I would it, say inadvertently you're you're helping them to develop their own careers within dental by giving them some of that accountability to make some decisions for themselves or provide solutions and you know whilst as a practice manager you never want to see your team members move on but I actually whenever one of my team members sort of did end up taking another job and it was a step up the ladder I was actually quite proud and I I actually felt like you know I've helped to do that or I've helped him do that you know and and it's it it, I I used to feel really proud about it I think it's it, it it takes a real sort of courage and confidence in yourself to be able to do that and build other people up you know building other people up is much better than trying to build yourself up you know it's it's just pointless but you know most most of my team you know when I when I introduce new people you know I would sort of go around and say oh this is Michelle Michelle's been with me 15 years I know that because we had our youngest at the same time I've got Lynn's been with me 21 years uh Rebecca's been with me our TCO for 22 years Sarah's been 18 and you know you go around and you kind of like do you know what we're doing something all right but that again without sounding like I'm blowing my own trumpet that's because of the culture that you have in the practice and you kind of nurture because we've always been a very much a you know you get some managers you know leave your problems at the door yeah okay leave your problems at the door show time put your face on you know but we are human especially over the last year I think yeah having empathy for the problems that people have been having within your team outside of work has really made a massive massive difference you know sometimes you can't leave a problem at the door not when you you're not sleeping you know I want people to come into our practice and know that they're they're amongst friends as well as colleagues and actually if you can get that culture you know you they're not going to perhaps take a sick day you know because coming to work is actually a positive thing for them um you know and if they need a little bit of a change in working times try and accommodate all these things invest in you know the loyalty of of these of these people and I think that's what we have done definitely all the way along um I know that a loads of other practice managers all I keep hearing is can't get people I've in 24 years I've never had a locum and we've got eight eight surgeries 
and I just think that's the team comes together the key team does what we need to do um, and I just think for those that are having a massive high turnover you need to look at how you're paying them what you're paying them how you're treating them are you letting them grow nobody wants to be a dental nurse at the age of 60 I'm sure sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry but it's really hard yeah it's hiring and everybody you know needs to have their their place in the practice and I've got a wonderful organization chart and it shows every single person what they're responsible for and there's some silly things on there there's some you know Michelle on reception's queen of cheese you know there's all these <laughs> but it's important to make them feel valued and part of it all yeah you know? that's core isn't it making everyone feel valued and and that they they are you you know they are doing a great job and they're doing yeah. it to the best of their ability you know and and building a great team that's certainly what you've got at the old surgery having worked with you over the years with many of my different roles and I've had the pleasure of working with your team as well and and yeah. you know you can see that you can see that within the practice so what would you say to what would your advice be to anyone that's maybe been a nurse for a long time and has been quite interested in the business side of things in a practice and um, what would your advice be um, for those that are just looking at maybe getting into um, practice management and developing their career within dentistry? Yeah, I'd say if it's for me and for the practices I'm involved with, it's all about the relationship between the owners and the practice manager. There's got to be a good relationship there. The practice, practice owners come to me and go, I've got, not got a practice manager, but I've got a receptionist or I've got a nurse who I think would be brilliant. And my first question is, do you get along really well with them? And if they yeah. say, yeah, OK, everything else can be taught. If you've got trust, loyalty and enthusiasm, anything else can be taught along the way. They're going to need some handholding because some of them are quite young. But if they've got an appetite and want to succeed and they've got a practice owner that you know is happy to um empower you know empower them a little bit and let them grow um you know good practice managers aren't made overnight you don't get you know it's it took me 20 years you know i'd, I'd hope others do it a little bit quicker probably <laughs> but when you with what the challenges we face are and the number of hats that practice managers wear we're not created by going on a a course we're not created by going on a course it's about built it's like same with a dentist and a nurse you don't just suddenly get the amazing rapport with your nurse that takes getting to know each other and taking time and building that trust doesn't it so I would always say I was just going to say it's funny that you mentioned hats then because that was one of my favorite uh, practice plan workshops a few years ago where it was all about oh. the different colored hats that that um, you wear that I think Chris Barrow and um, Sheila Scott did did and, and together and it was fantastic and yeah uh, it just did make me sit back and realize the different hats that you wear when in practice definitely definitely and there's you know marketing compliance um accountants you know hr all of it is just what we're expected to do quite often now um it was funny me and myself and chris are actually running a practice manager development program at the moment we've done it for 12 weeks it's been amazing um, i've been seeing it on linkedin yeah do you know what we, we've got sort of like 80 90 people on it every single week so the next one after that's going to be a front of house one because um they want us back for some reason so we're kind of like yeah okay we'll do it um but we did one of the sessions on the hats 
It's really interesting because a lot of us practice managers are what we would call quite dominant characters. And that doesn't yeah. mean that we're mad or we're bolshy and we're, we'll, we're happy with confrontation. It's actually being dominant, being aware of a dominance and not having to dominate people. It's about... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it, it's, it was really interesting. I, I really loved that tour, actually. It was a really good tour. Um, and it does it make was. you think, I'm a, I'm a green with a little bit of white <laughs> for anyone that, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the best bit about it so working out what color what color you were or whether you were multicolored. <laughs> exactly um so i'd say go for it there's lots of courses out there you know a really good foundation courses where you can get your practice management um you can do your diplomas you can do you know sort of four five um diplomas um it goes up to like level seven, but level seven's kind of managing hundreds and hundreds of people at corporate level. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. take that one personally. Um, but then there's lots of other courses and, you know, this isn't a plug for myself, but sometimes what practice managers need, especially of the young ones, is that helping hand of the non-textbook situations that crop up. So, yeah. for example, you know, I'm practice manager. I used to be a nurse. I've got two nurses that... They don't really see me as manager now. What would you do, Lisa? And I'm like, right, come on. <laughs> Dividing yeah. and like, Yeah, I had a similar experience. When I when I was managing one of my first managerial roles um, that I got put into, it was when I was very young in my early 20s. And I had a couple of receptionists that had been there a lot longer than I had. And they were in their late 40s, early mm. 50s. So to suddenly have a young 20-odd-year-old manager um, asking them to do things and giving them tasks and things it was a challenge it definitely was but it was one that I managed to overcome you know from really listening more than anything and I would say these your ears are the best tool that you can have as a practice manager it's just listen and make sure you just take the time to listen to people and you learn a lot from them that way don't you you do I get in one of the courses I did the other day I, would, I did this whole thing on you, and it's what my mother used to say it's you listen with your ears not your mouth and it's so true <laughs> so often when we're listening to someone what we're actually doing is waiting for a break in their conversation to jump in so we're not listening we're actually just looking for an opportunity to get our pennies worth in and we're all guilty of it and uh, me and you've probably done it hundreds of times during this last 20 minutes Definitely. <laughs> it's true and it's if you can it's all about getting people on side and working out what their strengths are and weaknesses are and you know yeah sometimes as managers you know you, you have to make decisions that are you know quite difficult within the team but ultimately it's about getting the right team doing the right thing at the right time all the time so overall so go on then overall do do we both still recommend getting into the dental industry yeah yeah I, do you there's so many people that I know have left who I would say over 50% oh well over 50% come back and went and never thought I'd miss dentistry but I do yeah totally I, I took a little dip out as you know last year thinking maybe it was time to dip my toe into a different industry and it was probably the the biggest mistake I've ever made um yeah. and and I, and I missed it so much. Dentistry is my passion, always has been, I think always will be. And I get to work with wonderful people like you, Lisa. 
so on that note on that lovely note um it's evening time I, um, it was lovely speaking with you today and um hopefully we'll catch up in person very soon hopefully but um, thank you for joining us and thank you everyone for listening